What's up, guys? Welcome to this episode of the Year One Podcast brought to you by 712 Marketing. My name's Mikhail. And I'm Hannah. And on our podcast, we talk about the mindsets, values, and strategies of giving entrepreneurs. What's up, everybody? And welcome to this episode of the Year One Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest that we've been trying to get on here for like a year. We have Charles Chen. Charles, can you say what's up? What's up, everybody? Year One listeners. I am so excited. Thank you, Hannah and Mikhail, for having me and being so patient with me. I know all, all of our schedules are crazy, so I'm so happy that I'm stoked that we're making this happen. Yeah, I'm well, excited. Thank right. you I mean, so much. We look, we look at your Instagram. You're in New York. You're in L.A. You're in, you're in Thailand, I feel like, you're, or Singapore or something. You know what yeah, I mean? I don't yeah. think you're in the same place for more than 72 hours. Am I right? I know. I mean, I think... I don't even think about it because a lot of my friends, when I catch up, it's really hard to, one thing with all this traveling is maintaining your relationships, but um, traveling, if you have a mission and you have a commitment, you just go for it. I don't even think twice and just like, this is what needs to be done, you know, and you figure out how to maintain the lifestyle, stay healthy because that's something that's part of my values. Um, yeah, and you just go for it. You just make sure you take care of yourself though. Awesome. Yeah, speaking of which, um, we know that you're a chef, or actually, our audience probably doesn't know that you're a chef, and you were on the Food Network, you founded the Dinner Club, you also have a new TV show coming up. Tell us a little bit about your story and what you're up to. All right, so I call myself an accidental chef. Like I, I think it's so weird when people call me chef because I don't feel like that's just one thing that I do, but not everything I do. Uh, I started in food through my own health journey. At one point, I weighed 100 pounds heavier than I am today. I was 260 pounds pre-diabetic. I struggled with my weight. I literally ate junk food every single day. Um, I know that a lot of people can relate. I had food coma. I couldn't even get out of bed. I was just lazy, no motivation whatsoever. A completely different person than who I am today. But I think the, the wanting to help people is still there. And that's one of the reasons that I was able to change my life. I had a light bulb switch that went off my head. It was like, you know what? To provide more value, you need to take care of yourself first. If you want to help others, help yourself first. Absolutely. So, I mean, uh, Hannah, you're really, you're really into your diet and health. I'm sure you have a lot of questions for Charles <laughs> when it comes to that. Yeah, I my own health journey, chronic illness, and multiple other things that we don't really need to go into. Um, but what keeps you motivated? I know there are times when I'm like, I just want chocolate and almond butter. And I believe in moderation. But how do you stay motivated to eat your veggies and eat a balanced diet and stay motivated to exercise? What are some of the things that keep you on track? I love that. I think that a lot of people think that you know losing weight is like an overnight thing. It's not. It took me at least 10 years to really lose the weight and keep it off. One thing that really keeps me motivated, and me and Mikhail, we talked about this. You know, I, I, I talked to Mikhail. It's like, you know, I, I love Mikhail's enthusiasm and hustle and drive, mm -hmm. and I see how hard he works. And I always tell him, I tie it back to passion. Everyone I worked with, I always ask them, what is your drive? What is your why? Why are you doing what you're doing? And um, whether it's your family or whether it's a, a passion of yours, a hobby or something, a career that you really want to focus on. If you can't take care of your health, how are you able to go after all those things? 
you won't have the energy, you'll be left behind, all your competitors will be way ahead of you, um, and on the days that you're sick, people are out there hustling while you're stuck at home sneezing and, you know, <laughs> using to toilet paper or tissue paper and on NyQuil while everyone's hustling. So to me, that drives me. Like my passion is that I want to provide service. I want to bring people to see their full potential and to help people. So whatever I do, I really have that instilled. So I wake up with that motivation of it's not to take care of myself for just vanity reasons, like just go to the gym to look good. That's one great thing. But I think in the bigger picture, it's like if I don't take care of myself, this body is your vehicle to navigate through this life. So if you don't take care of this temple, how can you show up? How can you share your message and align? How can you be in a place where you can receive? Definitely. You had mentioned sustainable growth. How have you grown all the different pieces of your entrepreneurial? Did you have a long-term goal of, okay, I want to start this. And then in a year, I think I want to phase that into something else. Or did you just kind of go, I just want to do it and just start? So I originally, I finished school and during school I was working in marketing for a health food company. I was always fascinated by health because, you know, after I lost all the weight, I really seeked out and researched the shit out of everything. Like I was such a nerd in terms of optimal peak performance. Like what can I eat to feel my best, to look my best, to have sustained energy. So I would do all this research on superfoods, and that's where I kind of dove in. Really happy at that place, but it was that place where I realized that, you know, I have my own voice. I have my own story to tell. You know, I'm holding back. Here I am making a good living. After I graduated school, they offered me a full-time career with, you know, added bonus salary and with benefits. All of the perks that would, like, attract my parents thought I was crazy. Uh, why aren't you doing this? I was like, no, I'm going to just keep going with my blog. You know, and in the in the beginning, people were like, are you crazy? What's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I know. I, and, yeah, this is like back in the day, it was like still Blogspot. And um, yeah, it was just, they were just, they, they just thought I was crazy. But, you know, I had this commitment. I was like, you know what? I believe that I can achieve this. I believe in it so much. And being at this company is so draining and toxic because at the time, the CEO was a fear-based leader. He would lead by fear. And I don't, I don't really, you know, work with fear very well. I'm just kind of like, no, I'm not really intimidated by you. Right. Um, yeah. So like, I was like, I don't want to be in this place because I don't feel healthy. I don't feel happy being here. So I want to do this full time, and I'm gonna figure it out. And it's one of those things that I put myself on the line. And I'm not saying that this is the best thing to do for everyone because. Um, you know, everyone has their own circumstances, but for me at the time, I was like, what do I have to lose? I'm a, I'm a, you know, a student, I paid off all my student loans, I got scholarships, like, I can invest my savings into what I want to do and see how far I can go. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure I can commit myself that I'm going to give my 110% effort every single day. And as far as all the entrepreneur little, like, projects, it just came naturally. It's kind of like... Mm -hmm. I went back to how can I provide more value to people I'm working with or to my audience. And then things just organically grew. Oh, this works. Dabbled in this. Okay, keep going here. Oh, this didn't work. Trial and error. You just figure it out. That's the best way to learn, I think, as, as an entrepreneur. Just throw yourself out there. Obviously, do as much research as you can because there's a lot of resources available to us now. YouTube, read as many books. See people who are on the same path that you want to be on. 
kind of do your research and figure it out, but there's no reason why you shouldn't be doing what you love in this day and age. What is it that you really love? I love making a difference. I love helping people see the light that I couldn't see for myself. So when I struggled 10 years ago on my couch and I had no motivation, I hit my rock bottom. I was like depressed. I had anxiety. I was not social. Like I didn't know where to go. And I wish that there was something or someone that would have shown me that there was another way. And I just want to show people that there's a possibility, that there's another way, that you don't need to suffer for no reason, and that you can live the most fulfilled life, and you can make a living doing what you love, that you don't have to be stuck at a job. You shouldn't do anything that doesn't you know, resonate with you fully. Obviously, there, there are times where you're going to put in the time and effort and learn things at different jobs. I think every job is a teacher. Like, you know, you learn so many lessons. But I also feel that a lot of people are held back by their own subconscious thoughts, their own belief systems, their own financial blueprint that came from their parents, their family, things that, they're, that are not theirs. So taking back your power of how to how do I create the life that I want and how do I get rid of the thoughts that are no longer serving me that the story of people around me that is not mine that I called energetic baggage that that's not your shit so when people ref, like when people reflect stuff to you I'm just kind of like now and this is why I meditate so I have a whole non-negotiable thing that I do every morning when I meditate I'm grounded I know who I am I know what I'm here to do I'm focused, I'm healthy, and it's like whatever people come, I'm very aware that that's not my shit, you know? That's your shit to deal with. That's your own insecurity. I'm not mm. going to take it on. You shield yourself. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned a little bit ago about your early failures. I love talking about failure, not because it's fun to talk about, but because... I love failures. I yes. think it needs to be t brought up. I think people don't talk about it enough. I think people exactly. look at your Instagram. They're like, we live in this Instagram era. It's like, oh my gosh, your life is so beautiful. It's like, bitch, do you know how hard I work? Do you know how many times I failed? <laughs> like, like, do you know? Like, I, I love it. I mean, I know that I would get less followers if I just did that, but maybe we're onto something, you guys. Um, just We'll just start an Instagram account called Failures. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, so what like were some of your early it. failures where you thought it was going to be your next gig and then it ended up kind of petering out or realized it wasn't what you loved? Yeah, so it's very interesting. Like I've been in this kind of, I'll, I'll tell you, so I haven't shared it with a lot of my um, you know interviews, but people don't know, after I lost all the weight, I actually, um, in school, in high school, they, you know, it was career day and the advisors would ask us, what do you want to do with your life? You know, the counselors are like, what do you want to do? We're going to bring in an expert on career day and give you advice and maybe uh, mentor you and give you the right advice. And I was the only kid in Cerritos, which is Cerritos Auto Square. If you don't know where that is, it's like 30 <laughs> minutes away from downtown LA in California. I grew up in California. And uh, I was the only one in school that I was like, I want to be in entertainment. And, you know, my teachers looked at me like, we don't know anyone in entertainment. Like, what do you want me to do with that? I researched the shit out of it. I was like, I want to be in entertainment. Like, I feel like I want to see a face that resembles my people. Like, I don't see enough of my people, and we have a voice, and I want to be that voice. So I researched it. 
they found some entertainment school. They came, and that school came. It was like a acting and improv school. I got invited to audition to be a part of the school. Got into the school at age like 16. Begged my mom, was like, Mom, please invest in me. My dad was like, no, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. And at the time, it was a lot of money. I did it, got in. Um, after like a couple months, I did a showcase in front of agents, and I got picked up for my first agent. And within two months, um, I auditioned for commercials. I auditioned for things. I booked my first national commercial with the Osbournes, and it was a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah. And it was just like crazy going from like here. I was a fat kid, 100 pounds heavier, had no motivation, no dreams, and here I lost the weight. And that was the first time I realized how powerful my thoughts are. I wanted to do something. I put in the fucking work. I showed up. I took the classes when all my friends were out playing. I, I like hired a taxi driver to drive me to all the auditions because I couldn't drive at the time. Like I couldn't, I would like do my work at the cafe just so like, okay, I have to wait until it's acting class. And people were like, you're crazy. What are you doing? And everything came back. But I started gaining success. I started booking TV stuff. I started booking films. And I went on this film shoot, met all these amazing people, changed my life. But that was then and there when I was like, that was a goal of mine. And I was at a point in my life where I had lots of financial success and I was spiritually depleted and I was, I was depressed. I was like, I thought I was supposed to be happy. Like this was one of my goals. I reached everything. I feel huge disconnect to everyone because I couldn't relate to people. I was just like, I'm in a different world. Nobody understands me at school. Nobody knows what I'm going through. Here I am. I missed my prom to film a feature film for like 90 days, which is awesome. But, you know, I couldn't really connect to my friends anymore. I'm just like, I'm in a different world. I don't know how to explain things to you. But that was when I realized, you know, I hit my rock bottom. And I think a lot of people go through shifts in their life that you have to honor your gut feeling, even if it goes mm -hmm. against your ego. Sometimes we get so caught up on like, this is what I do. Right. So like, that's why I don't like labels. It's like, you're a chef, you're a teacher, you know, then you're like, Oh, I can't do anything else. Go with your gut. Listen to it. My gut was like, you have your own voice. You have your own story. You're miserable playing other characters. You need to find out who you are. I got rid of all my representation at the time, which I had like a really, really great agent. Like I booked, uh, I got to work with Michael Bay on Transformers. I was fucking depressed. Here I am on Transformers meeting Michael Bay, and I'm just like, I don't want to play a role. Like, I want to be myself. I have my own voice. Mm -hmm. And I took some time off. I went to India. I was crazy. I was like 21. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to India and just like reconnect and figure out what is it that I want? What is it that I want to do in this world? And that was a big shift in my life. Going to India, I got to meet the Dalai Lama. One of my friends, yeah, one of my friends, uh, is a documentary photographer. So um, she was like, hey, Charles, do you want to come to Vegas? And my other friends were like, hey, Charles, I'm going to go to Vegas for, um, for your 21st birthday. So I'm like, Vegas or India? I'm like, I'm going to choose India. Backpacked, mm -hmm. slummed, slumdog that shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> had a financial success. And then I go there and I see third world country. People are on the floor, no food. Mm -hmm. And that just gave me perspective. It, mm -hmm. When I got back from that trip, I was just like, you know what? There's no reason that you should be ever fucking complaining. So, like, now when I see people in the Western culture, like, complain, I'm like, you're so fucking privileged. Like, shut the fuck up and, like, go make something <laughs> of yourself, you know? Like, 
Preach. Yeah, that's like, yeah, and that's the that's the truth, and that's why, that's why I feel like you know, um, I think we're on the same page here. We work really hard, but it's like there's people who don't have fucking water, and like you're you're talking to me about oh um you know these girls are talking shit about me. I'm like you have fucking water, you have shelter, like perspective, you know, <laughs> go get get your shit together. Yeah, you have water. So, I don't know. I... <laughs> Take a sip of it. Got water. I'm gonna Not start saying that water. every time somebody starts complaining. It's like, what are you talking about? You have water. <laughs> it really does come down to like perspective, right? Because mm-hmm. it's not a, it's not as much as like, I don't know. Gratitude and perspective are two things that like you know. I think anybody that's on one is preaching. I know that Hannah's on that. You're on that. I'm on that as well. But the pers- gratitude is one thing, pers- and really, really feeling that. But perspective is is so much is it's not that it's heavier, but that's like the secret sauce to it. Because when you start looking, if you can really look at the world from somebody else's shoes or how bad it could be, you know what I mean. That's really the key to that's the game changer. That's the key to success. I think is being able to see the world from other people's perspectives. What are you doing? Like, don't waste your time. I feel like we're so privileged, even. Uh, something that's very of this current day and age is with the immigrants and like immigration, all these things. Do you know how hard people try to come to the United States and here you are born mm-hmm. into privilege? You know, mm-hmm. me and Mikhail, Hannah, like we know, like Gary Vee talks about this. You want a fucking jackpot and here you are not doing anything with your life, yeah. being stuck in fear, um, not taking advantage of your resources. Like, I talked to entrepreneurs that started their careers way back in the day. So, they're like, Charles, do you know what I would do if I had Squarespace? Do you know what I would do if I had an iPhone? Do you know what I would do yeah. with an iMac? And I'm like, you're right. I have no excuse. And I know that millennials have a bad rep from a lot of older generations oh, as gosh, lazy yes. motherfuckers, right? You know, but it's like, no, there are people who work hard and we need to remind our generation, like, yo, get your shit together. Like, you know? This is you're in a little bubble here, and people look up to our country and the people who are making shifts and the creators and the entrepreneurs. We create jobs. So right. going back to value, and I was just talking to Hugo, my Uber driver. He was awesome. We we're talking about health and like you know uh, our food system and why people are not eating healthy and all these things. And it's like yeah, like companies like Uber, companies like Airbnb disrupt the system and mm-hmm. they change what things have been done traditionally, but they provide so much value and that's why they're successful. So going back to what is in the market that needs help, what is a problem I can solve and how can I bring value to solve this problem? If I'm not solving a problem or helping people, then you're wasting your time. Definitely. Oh, I drop oh. the mic. Let's just end it right now. <laughs> Um, you mentioned millennials i would be really interested to hear your thoughts have you watched the simon sinek video i i heard about it because i heard a lot of people um there's a lot of things that i agree with and there are Mm -hmm. some things that i don't agree with um i think he hits there are groups of people like that you know they don't a lot of millennials don't keep a lot of jobs because they have their own way of thinking they're they're you know creative all those things but there are also perks to it, you know, if you can make it work for you and if you really are unhappy um, fulfilling someone else's dream because you have your own and if you have a better idea, the best idea always wins. Not the best idea, but the best execution with the best idea wins. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. going back to if I have an idea, if I can execute it, if I can pull together the right team and I can bring more value, then go for it. But if you can't, then work for a company that can do that. 
because you need the resources or you know you will fit in better um, yeah I, I think that's heavy so you meant it's funny that you say that you wanted to be on TV and things like that I've, I've seen you on the Food Network which is really cool but you have something new coming up that you're working on called uh, Kitchen Hustle is that right yes so what's going on there so Hannah and Raquel, you guys know, I mean, I'm a, I have an entrepreneur spirit and always had it. It came from me working for my dad. My dad was an entrepreneur. I have such a great drive for entrepreneurship, but I also started in food. So I wanted a way to figure out how I can leverage both. So Kitchen Hustle started as to bring more value into the community. How do I bridge both of it? I interview the top you know, athletes, the top CEOs. I interview people who are lifestyle experts, best-selling authors what fuels their hustle and hustle meaning their passion starting in the kitchen because many of the top CEOs they don't function eating like crap they take care of their diet and so I'm interested and curious at how these top performing athletes successful people CEOs how do they feel their hustle starting in the kitchen so I bridge both worlds of being in the kitchen and also um, yeah entrepreneurship so super excited about it it's a great way for me to connect people back into um, to their work because sometimes if I'm interviewing Tony Robbins, for example, and I'm like, best-selling author Tony Robbins, I can't relate to you. But if Tony Robbins is eating a fucking avocado and like telling you how he likes his bananas, I'm going to be like, oh my gosh, like I love you. So that's why, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's my whole concept, and I'm really, really excited. I'm putting my own money into it. I'm not working with the production. I told some people about it, and people are like, "Oh my gosh, this is such a genius idea! You should go to a production company." I have a lot of different um, connections, but I don't want to show it to anyone until it is my own kind of visual, my own creative. I, I'm not compromising. This is my project. This is my baby. Sure. I'm going to do it the way that I want to do it, and then I'm going to sell it to you. And I'm not going to tell you, like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to sit here and take your advice because I know how I want it done. And I think sometimes you got to just take the hand and just be like, I believe in this project. I'm going to self-fund it. I'm going to just rock it or self-publish a book, whatever you got to do. Yeah, I think with technology today, like, people are, that's not an excuse anymore to not start something or to not do something because yeah. you can, like, we, we started a podcast. I, we have fairly affordable mics right now and like it's not hard <laughs> the barrier of entry is very low and so you still want to yeah. be doing a good job but not having the resources isn't a very ex good excuse anymore come up with something else oh no yeah, yeah for sure you can go borrow a mic you can you know you can trade services like hey i'll cook for you if you let me shoot in your kitchen or if you let me use your camera like hustle get creative like for someone they're gonna offer something back to you so I'm yeah. really excited that you guys are doing this, and I think it's really important for people to hear all different types of you know industries and inspiration. And I'm excited for you guys. <laughs> we're excited too. So I feel like you really went a little bit deeper, and you were really willing to answer questions, and we really appreciate that because some people are like, "Oh, well, we're just going to give the normal answers," but you, no. you really, no. and we appreciate it. No, yeah, of course. And like going back to people who are taking out their time to listen to the podcast like you know like attention is everything as Gary says and it's like yeah. if someone's giving you their attention make it worth their fucking while so now when I do a shoot if I do like an interview and I'm asking someone to be on my show I invest in a team like I go above and beyond I'm like you know what like 
I want to treat them the way that I would like to be treated. If I was on a show, I book them with a hairstylist, a makeup artist. I will make sure there's yeah. craft services. I make sure that they arrive. I, I create a call sheet. I do everything to a certain level so then that when people talk about it, they're like, oh, my gosh, that brand, because you're literally a brand, right? So mm -hmm. this podcast, this interview, oh, they know what they're doing. They're not going to waste your time. You know, and it's like, yeah. let's get straight to the point. This year is about being authentic, being who you mm -hmm. are, not holding back, and providing so much kick-ass value and, like, making a difference. And we can do this all together, and that's why I love supporting you guys. And I love that you guys have me on, and I'm grateful. Yeah, like that's so awesome. Anyone who likes Gary Vee and quotes Gary Vee, we're going to get along really well. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> all yes. the three of us. I know, we're like, in a pod. <laughs> like, we're a little Gary Vee, um, little fans. <laughs> it's funny because it, – it's funny, though. All – Everything Gary Vee says, everything that Tony Robbins says, you even you even take Jim Carrey uh, and his like inaugural speech. It all kind of comes down to the same thing, and it's belief, it's gratitude, it's treating people right. You know what I mean? So it's just formatted differently. It is a lot more fun through Gary, in my opinion. But. Yes. Um, one thing I want to mention to your um, your audience and people who are listening is that I just had lunch with one of my uh, really good mentor friends. He owns a huge venture capitalist in New York, very successful. And what he told me is, fuck all the quotes that you talk about, everything that you believe. It's one thing to believe, but it's another thing to embody when nobody is watching. Like, you actually need to live it. Like, he's like, I don't care about you. You can be saying, I can be saying all, this, all, all the great things right now, but if I'm not embodying and living it, then it doesn't fucking matter. It's just it's wasted space. Yes, it's yeah. execution. It's just wasted things if you're not taking action, actually applying what you know. Because a lot of people know what to do. It's just the same thing as like healthy living. I know I have to eat healthy. I know I have to work out, but I don't because, oh, I have excuses. Oh, I have things. You know, it's like you know what you need to do. Just do it. Don't overcomplicate it. Yeah, yeah, 100. I believe that. I know we're coming close to wrap-up time, uh, Charles. We ask every guest what uh, it means to them to be a giving entrepreneur. Give us your thoughts. I love this question. To always see the value that you're bringing. Like knowing one thing to be an entrepreneur and to be self-aware is to know what you're capable of and what you're good at and what you're able to bring to the table. And I think once you know what your strengths are, you run with it. But also another thing is like what it means to be a giving entrepreneur is going to sleep at nighttime with peace. Right. To me, that defines success. That defines me as a giving entrepreneur that I gave it my all. I laid it out all on the table and like I don't have any um, you know, regrets at all. It's like I put all my best efforts forward. I think and there's no perfect day. There's only perfect effort. Every day is going to be very, very different. So don't wow. compare your tomorrow to yesterday. You focus in on, based on the circumstances today, what are the best efforts I can do with what has been given to me. And that's all you can do. Everything else you can't control, you just leave it out. That's so awesome. That's so awesome. There's, nothing like a per there's no such thing as a perfect day, but there's only perfect effort. I love that. That was great, Charles. Charles, where can everybody find you online? You can find me at Charles Chen TV. Uh, that's all social media, and my website is charleschen.tv. Thank you guys so much for listening, and can't wait to listen more on this podcast. Thank yeah. you, Hannah. Thank you, Mikhail. Yeah, thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely.
Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Year One Podcast by 712 Marketing. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at 712 Team.